0: This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Today, I am boosted by the focus of the star on the rise. Having grown up obsessed with music, when most of her friends went to college, Morgan went on tour and began a whole different kind of education, with releases through 2020 showing her breadth as an artist, from the ultra smooth Sanctuary, to the announcement single, My Year, to the huge rudimental track, Be The One. It's been a really interesting year for her creatively and as an artist in development. We chat through her journey to getting signed to a label, actually the same label as Anne-Marie. We also talk about what she wants to do with her career, both as a musician and also as a businesswoman. And we talk a little bit about the secret and the law of attraction. So without further ado, Morgan on the Hot Girls podcast. Let's go. Ladies, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We're in the mix. It's fire. We're going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Morgan, welcome to the hot girls podcast. Hey, lovely to chat to you today. The first thing I wanted to ask you about is relationships, because I think we're all missing lots of people at the moment. So who's been getting you through lockdown? Who's been kind of, you know, on the end of the phone? I've been speaking to
1: my friends a lot. I haven't really had the chance to like get on zoom or anything with them. They've been at uni. So they've all been studying at uni. Um, So I haven't really had the opportunity to be on Zoom with them, but I've been texting them. But it's been mainly my family, just Mm -hmm. my family keeping me sane, my mum, my dad, my little brother, my puppy, got a puppy. Have you? (laughs) Yeah. a a Labrador puppy. (laughs) Chocolate Lab. He's so cute. He's called
0: Bear. (laughs)
1: He's been getting me through it as well.
0: (laughs) I feel like family's been getting everyone through it because it's like the safe space and Mm -hmm. also kind of important relationship. Yeah, definitely the people to, to stay around during this
1: time because it can be quite dangerous as well. You don't really know what's going to happen, so.
0: Yeah. Is it strange being having a load of your friends being at uni and you're kind of working? Yeah, it's a different
1: experience. I think back in 2019 when everyone went to uni for the first time, uh, for first year, I was touring. So it didn't feel too weird because everyone kind of parted ways anyway and anyway. I was... Touring with rudimental. So I didn't really feel like I was at home and they were all out doing their thing. So it was quite nice that we all did that at the same time. But yeah, it's 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 definitely a different experience to what I'm used to. Obviously, being at school with my friends, and then suddenly I'm in the working world and it's like a comfortable stage mm-hmm. where you can, you know, like you're at uni and you're figuring yourself out. I feel like this industry that I've gotten into, you have to figure yourself out a lot faster you've got to find yourself and your identity and yeah it's been it's been a really good journey so far with all of it and I'm still learning about myself but it's all in a really good way definitely
0: yeah I yeah. think that's really true and such an interesting observation I think definitely the workplace forces you to do that yeah then you're also in an industry where people ask you very regularly mm. so what are you about yeah. <laughs> what do you stand Literally. for and what does this song mean mm-hmm. and what was your journey I which is basically what I'm going to ask you <laughs> <know? laughs> I want to talk about your relationship with Rudimental because that's obviously been really fundamental to your career recently. But before we get into that, I want to go back to when you were young, when Mm -hmm. you first got interested in music. What were the influences that were pulling you to it in those early stages?
1: So for me, um, growing up, I had, I'm going to say about three idols. And that was Michael Jackson for performance Beyonce for performance again, and then and her voice. And I think Rihanna was like the one artist I gravitated towards the most. Just my mum would buy me her CDs growing up and would play them in the car. Just her presence and her aura and everything she does. She's got so much versatility. And it was like, for me, that was what I wanted to do as an artist. And I loved Rihanna, but it wasn't until maybe 2018 that I really dug deep into how she is as an artist and what she does and she's so inspiring because she's gone into the business side of things doing the Fenty and Mm. obviously that's like another income another way to make money and that's what I want to do I want to eventually get to a point where I've got so many different business ideas and I want to use them all And kind of use my name to boost that as well.
0: Yeah, I actually think you have to in music. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best ways to secure longevity because it's such a fickle industry. That um, Like I was looking into the career of Foxy Brown recently Mm -hmm. and the difference between her and Jay-Z who kind of started in very similar places and then Mm -hmm. he became the CEO of his label. Mm -hmm. He kind of secured his place in the industry for life. Yeah. Rihanna's interesting as well because her career has kind of gone on such a journey. Like, just she's worked with so many different sounds. Mm -hmm. That's what I look up to is like the different sounds and the different genres. Like, you see her going from
1: working with Drake to working with Calvin Harris
0: Mm. and to then like a party next door.
1: She can work with anyone. Yeah. So many different people. And it's just, it's very inspiring because you know it shows that she can do so much and that's what I look up to and that's how I want to be
0: yeah I don't know too much about her like creative process does she share much about that
1: I've seen a few videos of like how she makes music I think Uh she's yeah I don't really know too much about that either actually I've not really looked that's actually something I'm going to look into (laughs) I've never thought (laughs) about that
0: yeah Um, I heard that when she first she Performed Ponder Replay was like the first thing mm. she performed. Jay Z before he signed her, and then he like signed her that night. Oh wow! Um, that night, yeah, they signed the deal that night. Wow, it's crazy,
1: or is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely not.
0: So, when you were younger and you were kind of looking up to these artists and you're seeing Beyoncé perform, say, mm-hmm. were you quite directional and confident in your ability to get there?
1: It's a weird one because I've never had any lack of faith that I'm going to get into the industry. I've always been raised with the mindset of, you know, some people say they want to do music and their parents might be like, oh, yeah, but have a plan B. and Mm. You know, for me, I understand that angle because it can be daunting as a parent to be told by your child, I want to get into this industry when everyone knows like a lot of things about the industry as well. It can be quite scary from the outside looking in but my parents never had that mindset they were like if you want it then you get it and you focus on it and you know my they would take me to uh lessons dance school anything that was you know going to contribute to my performance mm. they they were they were in for it and It was a great upbringing for me because no one ever really said, no, you can't do that. I was I was encouraged so much by them. And yeah, it was a very easy ride for me. I wish I I wish like some people that I've spoken to, they wish they could say the same thing. Mm. Um, but I think for me the doubt came at school Mm -hmm. so a lot of people I was around and a lot of teachers said like oh you need a plan b all these things and I was just like my mindset was if I'm focusing on my plan b I'm not putting 100% into my plan a so I never had a doubt that I was going to get into the industry and I think that mindset is what actually got me into the industry I'm very into like law of attraction you Mm -hmm. know and the secret secret and all those things so but saying that I was very I had a lot of stage fright growing up. Okay. So I've danced on stage since I was 3 Uh-huh. Always danced, had no lack of confidence ever. But singing <laughs> like put was, me in the front. <laughs> yeah. I was like that all the time. I was such an like an animated child. There's videos of me on the camcorder where I'm I'm like, "Mum, put the camera on me when I was like free." Literally <laughs> yeah. from so young. But singing, it took me a while. I think I was I was about six five six when I started singing Mm -hmm. and then when I got to about nine ten I started to realize that I'm kind of a little bit better than my friends when I was about (laughs) nine eight and I was thinking like oh like and I started to pick it up and practice it more and then my dad put his piano in my bedroom as well and then I just started picking that up so it was kind of like a natural process it wasn't Mm. forced on me or anything and my my dad's musical as well so was he um musical
0: professionally or just as a hobby
1: he worked on the sound system so he used to do a lot of emceeing on like the the sound systems back in the day yeah that was kind of what he did but then he started touring actually with his mates Atomic Hooligan the band Uh yeah Yeah. he toured with them and he did like a I think I think it was like a I don't know it was maybe like a 4,000 capacity show or something Uh in a park and I remember being there I was really young and I remember being there and my dad's a lot of people don't know this. My dad's had a lot of experience on stage uh-huh. and, and, and musical experience. So, yeah, I kind of grew up looking at that and and it inspired me. And, uh, yeah, he's very supportive. Both him and my mum are very supportive of what I want to do. So it's really nice to be in that position. So but, nice. But, like, singing for me, I used to, when I was about nine, ten-ish, I used to get my parents to look away and I'd face the wall and sing because I just couldn't do it. I had no confidence to sing. It was crazy. Yeah. And then it just built over time. Did you have um, lessons or did you just practice a lot? Uh, So with singing, uh, singing and piano, I didn't have lessons. I just, it was just all kind of self-taught, practicing a lot. Yeah. When I kind of got into the industry, just, you know, had a little bit of of something to keep me, keep me going and improve it and take it to the next level. Just like fine tuning. Yeah. Like you can only take it so far on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a few vocal problems which Mm -hmm. so when i started touring i had a few vocal problems and that's when i started to do some training because i just noticed that when you're not singing when you're singing and it's not your job Mm. there's no pressure and you can kind of do it when you want and you don't realize your voice is damaged because the next day you're just chilling at home or whatever but when i started to tour and i realized i need my voice every single day and it's got to be to a certain standard every day i realized it wasn't staying at that level and that was because I'd damaged my voice even just like screaming on stage too much and just being excited and (laughs) I'm quite a loud person anyway so my natural speaking level is probably 10 times louder than the average person (laughs) like I'm really loud.
0: It's true when we started this conversation though I was like is that the levels or is it (laughs) it more voice? Yeah you're just loud. (laughs) (laughs) No yeah literally so so yeah it was
1: just about maintaining it it wasn't so much uh, like teaching me to sing again it was just like I needed to maintain
0: my voice because it's a muscle and people forget that it is. 100%. It's literally like an athlete. You need to learn how to not pull muscles and injure yourself as much as you need to learn how to speed up. And you need to train as well, yeah, you know, and yeah. look after it. But yeah, so it was it was great for me. I
1: the only people that doubted me really was friends that I thought were my friends at the time, right? And you know, you think when you're doing something good, you think that maybe when you're 15, you think you would gain more friends, you right. know, oh, like I'm doing this, and yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It it really filters down to your real friends, and I've still got them people around me today, so it's really nice.
0: It's so true. It's yeah. really nice. I find most of my really good friends were just. Always supportive and often don't really know too much about it, but they're like, "This yeah. is great, yeah, <laughs> yeah." You literally, literally, <laughs> that's what my friends are like. But I also think it's really nice what you were saying about not being forced to what's your plan B, what's your plan B, because I think so many people, you're exactly as you said, your plan B ends up becoming the only thing that you're putting resource into, and then your plan yeah. A obviously is never going to come into existence. 100%. And did you grow up in London? I grew up in Watford,
1: so I'm from Watford. Uh, which is just outside of London. People uh-huh. call it London, but it's not. It's, it's in Hertfordshire by Harry Potter Studios. Have you been there? Uh, I have been there. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah,
0: good old Harry Potter. I <laughs> um, um, did. I did a. There's a. I think there's a like a. I did a film course in Watford. There's an oh, academy okay. out there. Oh, see. Years ago. Was it a college or? It was. I used to do acting, and it was called the, the New York Film Academy. And oh, okay. The, uh, course out there and we went to the Harry Potter studio I guess to inspire us yeah. <laughs> one day did you have butterbeer yes it's disgusting I don't like it it was oh my god I thought it was vile everyone I've
1: spoke to hates it I love it I really so nice yeah I think it's banging
0: really it. it reminds me of eggnog I don't think I even know what eggnog tastes like I don't really know how to explain it but it's a Christmas drink just like a creamy yeah it's got Christmas-y a drink
1: Yeah, it's got egg in it. I'm vegan. Oh, you're vegan. Yeah, one of them. You wouldn't have that anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are we having your eggnog? I can't have (laughs) that beer anymore. Oh, well.
1: But yeah, I grew up in Watford and I loved it because it was near London, but it wasn't as busy as London. I really like, I love spacious areas. Yeah. So I did spend most of my time in London though. All my friends were from London. Well, most of them were from London. And so I would just travel all the time. Even from like 16, I was going up to see my mates in London. Mm. When I look back at it now, I think, like, how did you do that when you were so young? Just always traveling, always traveling. But I guess when you're young, you just want to see your mates, don't you? So
0: Yeah. And also, I think as you get older, you forget how old you were when you were young. You forget Mm -hmm. that you actually quite mature and stuff because you look at young people and you're like, oh, they look so young. What do they know about the world? But actually, your brain's
1: fully working. (laughs) It's crazy. But I see, to be honest, I see 16 year olds now and I think, wow, I did not look that mature when I was young. I think it's definitely changed a lot yeah makeup and stuff like everyone looks a lot older now it's quite scary
0: (laughs) although I did used to go out when I was underage and I think it's much harder to do that now Mm. we used to have strict dodgy IDs yeah
1: now they scan them don't they so you can't really get away with it unless you're paying like stupid money to get a fake one
0: honestly think we used to use like library cards and stuff Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, where was that? Yeah, but I'm 28, so it was, okay. it was quite a while ago now. <laughs> so I think you signed to Major Toms in 2019. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, was there a long kind of courting process before that happened, or, or what, was the, what was the process to that coming about? So, we kind of spoke on Instagram.
1: So okay. they saw my Instagram page of me doing mashups and I was doing covers of their songs and stuff. And then they yeah. saw me and we started having a conversation. And they're being rudimental. Yeah, right. this is rudimental. Yeah. yeah, rudimental and their team mm-hmm. right, all together. And yeah, we spoke, we had conversations. But at the time they had a single out with James Arthur. Um, so it didn't move too fast. They were touring mm-hmm. and they were traveling a lot and they were obviously... In, a, in the middle of a campaign. So I didn't know any, I didn't even know what a campaign was at that time. I was like <laughs> yeah. 17. So I just thought, oh, why are they ignoring me? <laughs> just message me back. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to post
0: another video. Like, yeah. did they see it? Did they see
1: it? <laughs> and then I did, I posted another video and I actually covered one of their songs. And then they said, okay, we want to get you in for an audition. I was gutted because I actually felt ill. You know, when you just wake up and you are mm. bunged up, like completely bunged up, can't really speak you sound different when you're talking everything and yeah i had a really rotten cold and i was gutted because i was meant to go to the audition that day so i ended up sending a video in and i was it was so difficult because i was trying to like be like hi guys i'm <laughs> trying to be like, like yourself your yeah, normal energy to, yeah. i was really trying to like give off my 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 personality in a video when i was really <laughs> ill so it was really hard but um yeah i managed to do it and then they got back and they were like yeah we really like it um Never spoke about a record deal, though. That was never really... I had no idea about any of that. It was mm-hmm. just touring we were speaking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then later on down the line, I kind of went in and started recording stuff and just trying different things with them. And it was nice because they, uh, with most labels, they now want to see, like, a at least half-established artist where they've got mm. a whole, like, reel of songs that they can give to you that's all finished, it's, it's changed a lot. Like people don't want to develop artists anymore. They just want mm. already made products there and ready to like, you know, just rake in the money with. So this was nice because mm. they just wanted to hear my voice. And that's one thing about Rudimental. They're so like authentic and they just want to do everything how it actually should be done. Mm-hmm. And when you see how they've been so successful with Anne-Marie, it's like, you know, look at her now. That was all from an organic process. And Did they kind of spot Anne-Marie then
0: in her early days?
1: Yeah. So she did an audition years ago and she toured with them and yeah, and then they just started developing her. They've they've actually broke for a few artists. They just Mm -hmm. didn't sign the artists. And it wasn't until Anne-Marie came along that they said, oh, like we need to actually make a label because we're breaking through all these artists, like John Newman. They've also signed Ella Henderson. They signed Ella Henderson oh, yeah. the same year I signed. It's got a pretty good roster. They're doing pretty well. <laughs> Talent spotting yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, they're, yeah, they're doing well. Like The label's just always growing and it's so nice to be a part of that journey with yeah. them as well. But, you know, they've always given me the freedom to explore myself and explore the music I want to make yeah it's a really good position to be in because a lot of artists now they don't get that
0: freedom yeah you might be hard. working with someone and they'd be like hmm interesting mm-hmm. idea we also think we've booked you the session with this producer yeah <laughs> like, okay I know
1: so I I just kind of go in like my manager gets me into sessions pretty much every day and we're just you know always always finding new new producers to work with and writers to work with okay um and they developed me as a writer so as well. So singer-songwriter, it's just a better position to be in if you can write your own music, to be honest. <laughs> Definitely.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Were you intimidated at all by the writing in maybe earlier days?
1: Yeah, like it was... I've always written my own music, but it was getting to that industry standard, whatever yes. that is, because yeah. there's just so many different things now. But like, yeah, it was just getting to a point where I could write a high-quality song mm. and be able to deliver it to major toms and be like this is what I've got let's release an EP which now Mm. we have done but kind of it kind of happened a lot faster than we all thought it was going to happen you know we thought oh like I was going to be in development for maybe two years Mm -hmm. but it was a case of I mean I had the songs within about nine ten months I had most of my songs done that was in between touring as well so I kind of made a project in between touring so when I wasn't touring I was just in the studio finding out who my favorite writers are and yeah yeah it was was daunting but
0: you know it worked with it yeah it's (laughs) just paying off so that chemistry that you have in the writing room in the production room I think is quite important so when you find it with someone it must be quite nice Mm -hmm. was there a was there a particular song that was a kind of change moment where everyone listened and was like Yeah, okay, this is ready. Or this is the start of a project.
1: Yeah. So actually the last song, the the most recent song we released that came from my EP Mm -hmm. was called Alien. And that was the last song that we dropped. So I dropped most of my, my songs on my EP and then released it. Yeah, it was probably that song. We actually recorded it first, but we dropped it last. Mm-hmm. Um I wrote it with Anne Marie and it was just like a it was so bouncy and just edgy mm-hmm. and just different. And I think everyone was like, Yeah, like this is Morgan's style. And I yeah. agree with it was definitely I just it just felt right. And that's kind of been like the standout thing for me was having that balance between commercial and edgy, swaggy music. Yes. Not keeping yeah. it too cheesy, but still keeping it cool, but P- it being able to be played on the radio. Yeah. Like that kind of that kind of vibe. And yes. it was when we found that vibe that I just started going in and just making music like that and mm-hmm. it just worked. Every session it was just working. And now I'm in a place where I'm discovering more about myself now. So I'm exploring a lot more different genres now and it's really nice.
0: Yeah. To, to
1: be doing that. Yeah, and to have the
0: freedom to do that as well. Do you always write to um to a beat or to a track or do you also just write as when you have ideas? Sometimes I can be in my car. A few of the sessions
1: that I've had, I've been in my car on the way to the session. And then I've come up with something and I've recorded it and sent it to the producer. Mm -hmm. And then they've started making the beat before I've even got there. And then when I get there, we've just basically made the whole song already. Uh, that happens quite a lot. Yeah, that that happens. So, if anyone's having writer's block, yeah, in the car, <laughs> literally. No, I do come up with really good like melodies when I'm in the car for some reason. Other times, some producers have kind of just given me a beat to work yeah. with, but I prefer actually being in the studio and everyone making it as we go. And that's why when I'm in the studio with Rudimental, it's so easy because they're so musical. So we'll have we'll have Renel, Amir on the guitar, we'll have Kezi on the piano, we'll have Piers on the keys, Beanie on the drums, like just so many different musicians in one room mm-hmm. and it's so much easier to make music when people are actually musical. It's just yeah. such a nice feeling to be in the room with live musicians because that's that's how they brought me into the industry was by live performance. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I know best. So it's really nice to just you know, make songs as we go from scratch.
0: Yeah, the kind of improvisational mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. The first song that I heard of yours that I played so much, and I probably would have been, I remember doing a mix and like having it in and then sending it off to someone. So I'm trying to think when, the, it was definitely hot because I remember listening back, but was um, Sanctuary. Yeah. So I was wondering about the process of creating that single and mm-hmm. also the release process around that hmm So my first song that I released was My Year, and
1: that was dropped on the 5th of March, which was literally just before the lockdown, our first ever lockdown. Uh-huh.
0: And I was <laughs> like, Remember, guys, the first lockdown. <laughs> first lockdown, we're
1: in like lockdown 25. When I dropped my year, it was like, okay, I'm rolling out all this music, got a good year ahead, good year ahead. And then lockdown happened and it was
0: just... Oh my God, yeah. The energy of that track is like... This this is going to be my (laughs) year and then this happened. And it was like, what? It's no one's (laughs) year. It's literally no one's year. This
1: is no one's year. And then Sanctuary was the first song we dropped in a lockdown. Uh So that was my second ever release. And and it was my first song that we released in lockdown. And luckily on the session, on the day of the session, which was, I think it was February, Mm -hmm. we made that song, early February... Um, it was myself, uh, Maestro, who's a really sick producer, and Shells, she's an amazing writer. We got in, and it was kind of like an improvisation thing. We we had an inspiration from Rihanna's Wild Thoughts, that kind mm-hmm. of swing to the song. It's like quite a, like a sexy kind of song. It was kind of improvisation, but we got a lot of the demo vocal down, so it was mm-hmm. a rough vocal that we didn't have any harmonies or doubles or like ad libs or any of these things. And we were like, how can we drop this song when we haven't got any harmonies or ad libs or it's just, it's just a <laughs> yeah. straight vocal? And it needed a lot of cleaning up. You know, it was our first lockdown and everyone was really strict with it. And it was, yeah. there was just no chance of us getting in the studio to finish it. So I recorded voice notes. A lot of what you hear in Sanctuary is actually voice notes from my iPhone. <laughs> did you plug a microphone in or literally just (laughs) Just just voice notes (laughs) literally voice notes from my phone the ad libs in sanctuary and a lot of the harmonies are all voice notes from my iphone maestro just did an amazing job of making it fit and making the effect putting effects on my voice Mm -hmm. notes and Just making them sound like they've been recording (laughs) This sounds legit. It's actually mad. Like it might be a new way of recording. (laughs) But it was, yeah, it was, I was really worried and nervous about that because didn't know how it was going to sound. And then when he came back to me with how it sounded, I was really happy with it. And then we we released it and it was a a really good moment. Like a lot of people loved that song, which was really nice. Yeah.
0: It felt really good. It obviously like kicked into the old algorithm as well, where you Mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, good place to be. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it was really nice and then with Alien I imagine you had much more of a kind of thought process around exactly what you wanted what you wanted that to be like what you wanted the structure and stuff to be mm-hmm. did you have a load of other tracks that didn't make it yeah with,
1: with the thing is with, with Major Toms and Rudimental and my manager it's never a case of the song not making it It's Mm. more, how can we make this song better for another time? So Mm -hmm. a lot of the songs that I'd made just didn't fit in the EP. It wasn't that they didn't necessarily like the songs. It, It was just, it just wasn't for now. Some of the songs I made, which I was in a really good position with really is some of the songs that I made were too big for my moment, for my right. first ever moment. So we, yeah. we've got a lot of them saved now. Most songs that I've made, we've got them saved and ready to release when the time's right. Uh-huh. I've got a lot of songs that are just sitting there like waiting <laughs> to be released, which is a good position to be in. It's a great position to be in. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really good position to be in. And I'm, I'm grateful that I have so many songs and I've worked with so many good people. Now's a different time. Now, musically, I'm really in a place where I'm looking to excel. I don't know whether I'm going to be dropping another project or I might just be releasing music and just seeing what happens, but I'm going with a more relaxed approach now. So with the EP, I was working towards a project. With this, I'm just going to be dropping music. And if we feel like there's a project there, we might make one, but you never know. You just can't can't predict anything. So I'm
0: I'm glad we're on a more relaxed vibe now. Yeah, you're looking for excellent. When when you feel it, then mm-hmm. yeah, it'll that be will right. Be one. Yeah, hundred percent. So you've obviously, as you said, been really fortunate to be able to work with some really brilliant people at like quite an early stage in your career. Mm-hmm. Have either some of them? So maybe it's an Anne Marie or Rudimental, or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's your mum. <laughs> what have been some really good pieces of advice that you've been given to help you navigate your career?
1: I, I get advice every day, but most of the advice that I <laughs> got was when I was on tour. I've still got a lot to learn about performing, but I just remember all of the Rudy guys telling me, and the extended Rudy Rudy lot as well, all telling me, just don't be afraid to make a mistake. I was going on stage and I was so anxious about making a mistake. I'd put my glasses on, my, my shades, and I'd, I'd hide behind my shades for the first, the first couple of weeks of touring. And then I remember, I can't remember who it was that told me, but they said, just take your glasses off, because don't depend on your glasses. If you depend on your glasses, you're never going to be able to perform without them. So just don't wear them. Go cold turkey and just don't wear them and then see if you can handle it. And it, you know, it was tough at first, but I kind of got there in the end and now it's just it's it's easy to mm. perform. I've got there's a few things I need to work on like my presence in in some ways I just need to I've got this habit of like pacing up and down the stage. <laughs>
0: You watch videos of yourself back. To yeah, live.
1: yeah, and after every show, my manager's like, "Stop pacing." <laughs> <laughs> but, but no like it's good because i'll i'll bear that in my next time but i just honestly i haven't performed in so long it's just yeah. been a nightmare like i've completely forgotten but, next uh, time you'll be running back and forth i'll be running back i'll be moonwalking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah so it's it's yeah i've got a lot to learn but you know everyone's always got something to learn so
0: exactly it's great, exactly. really that's a nice piece of advice though yeah if you're having a down day, which we all have, particularly mm. at the moment, yeah. um, how do you move yourself out from that space? Or are you just like, yeah, down days happen. I'm not going out of bed today. <laughs>
1: um, during lockdown, I've been, off, I have been having a lot of fights with my own brain. It's mm. been quite a difficult time mentally. I think the first lockdown was easier because I was exercising a lot, and with exercise, kind of comes peace of mind for me. I think everyone can say this when you're exercising, you're not really thinking about anything. It's um, quite mindful. Yeah, it releases a lot of good endorphins. So I was doing that every day, um, staying on top of my game. But as, I, I don't know, as it kind of went into winter, I don't know, I think everyone said this as well, the mood just kind of switched. It was it went mm. from, okay, we're in a lockdown, this, this is something different to now it just being the same thing, dragging for a whole year. Mm. And it's obviously very difficult for everyone when I'm in a bad mood, I've, I haven't i have been accepting that I'm just in a bad mood or I just don't feel good. And I think fighting it in my own brain has been more of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like when you fight your thoughts, it makes them worse. <laughs> so I just need to accept that I'm just not in a good mood today, maybe, or like another day and just, and just go with it and just accept it. And I think everyone's beating themselves up as well but we're forgetting that we are in like a global pandemic and it's been really difficult for everybody to to cope and actually we should all put ourselves on the back for getting through it because it's been difficult it's true
0: Mm -hmm. but then you see I saw this um Kim Cattrall quote the other day where she was like I don't I'm really not interested in being unhappy for even 30 minutes of my life yeah and I was like that is wonderful is that possible (laughs) I'm yeah. like uh, Kim I don't know if it's possible wow tell me how how are you doing please this? I need that advice <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm like I get hormonal Kim and <laughs> I'm <not> feeling good <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> you said that you follow and are interested in the law of attraction and kind of mm. manifestation those kind of things do you tie to that do you write down goals for your future or do yeah
1: you- yeah I've got like me- I kind of write it down in my own head uh-huh. Um, I should probably actually write it down. It's actually I think it's better to actually write stuff down. But yeah, I, I've got I've got a few goals in my head. I I, I want to in the next two years I want to be you know hitting a lot bigger numbers in mm-hmm. terms of my streams and my uh, people buying my sales. And I want to start doing my own shows. Obviously, that's really difficult to to know right now because no shows are happening. But yeah, um, it's a weird time to to develop. Um, I said to my manager the other day actually I said uh, is this a hard time to develop as an artist and she said not really because you get the opportunity to focus on things like your social media and growing like growing in different types of ways you know Mm -hmm. Um, building your platforms so that you've got more of a fan base there's a lot of things you can focus on now Mm -hmm. um, that you wouldn't have been able to before so you can take the positive from it as well. Obviously, it's a hard time, but you can take the positive from it, definitely.
0: Yeah. And I suppose a lot of people talk about an artist. I mean, you you mentioned it as well, like incubation period. Yeah. You have had a forced incubation period yeah. to a degree where mm-hmm. you've had digital and studio or solo time. Yeah, it's been a wild time <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> love it <laughs> and just on that note and kind of final question what are you missing most at the moment or what are you most excited to be able to do when life becomes life again <laughs> i am literally craving going to ibiza
1: and having a massive rave like, yeah. like <laughs> i'm craving it so much just that feeling of being out again I'm not even a, I don't even club that much mm. and I don't really miss clubbing I just miss going out on a holiday yeah and, you know being able to just do everything and be back to normal even now sometimes I watch films and I see people in groups and I think you can't do that because it's COVID yeah. and I'm like oh my god no wait this was filmed four years ago <laughs> like
0: it's... what are you doing guys get back what in are you doing <laughs> yeah
1: no yeah it's it's yeah it's it's been a lot but I that's that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most and just having a massive
0: family a massive family gathering yeah I actually like cannot watch I cut there's loads of tv shows and stuff I cannot watch and films because they're too painful yeah if it's too like many people in bars and stuff (sighs) I'm like whoa what (laughs) are you doing (laughs) I can't do that don't do it in front of me oh so, and you see, you see, like New Zealand,
1: they're like COVID free now and oh, these festivals and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so jealous right
0: <laughs> now. Oh, is I was that like, happening? How? Oh my gosh. What's your favorite music to dance and go out to? Oh, it dep- honestly,
1: it depends which friends I'm with and yeah. where I'm going. I've got one group of friends where it's straight drum and bass house. And then I've got the other group of friends where it's like, I don't know, like bashment vibe, okay. yeah. Kind of dance hall. Actually, and then I've got another group of friends, which is kind of like I say group of friends, it's like two people because I can count my <laughs> friends on my hands, so I don't have that many friends, but I prefer <laughs> it that way anyway. Yeah, and then I've got, got tight straight friends, straight rap music. Like <laughs> 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 honestly.
0: When I'm drunk, I'll <laughs> I'll listen to anything <laughs> dance, Yeah,
1: in the club. Variety
0: is good. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Thank you very much for sharing all your story with us. Thank where, you so much. People who are listening, where can they find you? Where are you most active on the socials and the old streaming platforms?
1: Yes. So uh, my Twitter is known as Morgan. Um, and my Instagram is Morgan Connie Smith. And my Facebook is Morgan, if you can find that. <laughs> oh, she's, <laughs> she's using the Walmart.
0: Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook as well. <laughs> and, and my um, WhatsApp is. <laughs> and, my, and my number is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all
0: my platforms amazing thank you so much thank well, you lovely chatting with you and thanks guys for listening and we will see you next week yes see you later Bye. Bye. what up Lex? What what Lex? Lex we keep our eyes on the prize without no surprise good women we're destined to rise yeah. inspiring celebrating yeah. uplifting the new generation oh, some yeah. hot girls you know the vibe yeah. all the hot girls come alive all oh, the no. hot girls you know the vibe yeah. all my hot girls come alive yeah.